One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right. Hello, everybody. Just wanted to say hello and thank you to everybody around the world. Uh, we got a lot of wisdom-filled warriors out there. We get uh, emails all the time from places like Germany, Slovakia, England, India, Brazil, Mexico, Canada, and many other nations. And it's surprising how the Lord um, can take a platform and uh, that that is designed to do a specific thing that he wants to do and and literally get it into the hands of people um, thousands of miles away from you. So I uh, just want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening, um, buying the books, and uh, we're trying to get to all the invites uh, that people have sent to me. Um, I've literally been booked uh, from the end of August uh, through November took some time off, uh, or actually taking some time off here in December and uh, getting ready to hit it here in uh, January again. And uh, I just want to encourage you, um, you know, the Lord has over the last uh, really uh, 12 to 18 months um, since the Lord told me to stop the school and uh, ask to be sent to the woman at the well and the man chained to the tombs. And I've been praying that prayer um, you know, with all my heart, because I know that the Lord is in that and that's what he asked me to do. And so I've been praying that and, you know, I've been in a lot of living rooms. Um, I've been, you know, I've, I've gone to, you know, do church meetings and, and even some outdoor crusades and things and, um, nothing's too big, nothing's too small. And so, um, if, if you are, uh, uh, you know, if, if, if the unction of the Holy Spirit is upon you, um, uh, to, to organize something with wisdom filled warriors, you know, reach out, email me and, uh, we'll definitely be in touch. But anyway, today I want to continue, um, with the concept that we've been talking about, uh, with loosing heaven on earth, right? Um, you know, the, in the, in the last few sessions, I talked about learning to dwell in the secret place. Uh, what Psalm 91 is really about is, is learning a prayer life where the Spirit of God literally is your avenue. It is your transporter. It is uh, the, 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 the power that transcends the limitations on earth and actually and, uh, allows you to encounter the living God in the heavenly places, right? Um, we've been talking about Jesus uh, teaching uh, about uh, Matthew 16, where he says, I will give you the keys. And the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Whatever you have bound on earth has already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. Um, and so I want to emphasize what uh, we're going we're gonna to talk today about uh, loosing. Because you cannot loose on earth what you have not encountered in heaven. 
Okay, Jesus, Jesus said when he was teaching the disciples to pray, he said to pray, you know, you, you ask for your daily bread. Um, and he said, and, and he said to pray uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And he was actually talking about um, encountering heaven. So you had something to release. He wasn't talking about simply uh, repeating scripture. You know, that's what he told, that's what he told the Pharisee. You repeat scripture, but you don't know me. You're blind in the spirit. You have no connection to my father's presence in heaven. And therefore you're spiritually blind, right? He called the Pharisees, uh, hogs, dogs, dead men, bones, the vipers, right? You were of your father, the devil, because they were spiritually blind. They knew scripture, but they didn't encounter the Holy Spirit. And, and so I want to I emphasize today about the concept of encountering heaven so you can loose heaven on earth, right? Um, you know, one of the themes in everything I do is about your prayer life and emphasizing the need, not, not like an optional thing, but there's no way you can be spiritual and release heaven on earth if you don't have a daily prayer life where your goal, where your intent is to encounter Christ that the presence of God would come upon, upon you so profoundly that you had a new thing to give, that you could go and impart heaven on earth, right? We've talked about, you know, Romans eight twenty six as a mainstay scripture, that uh, even when we do not know what to pray for as we ought, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for you with groanings that we don't understand. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about giving you the Holy Spirit with the voice of the Spirit, which is the gift of tongues, which you don't know what he's saying, right? But by faith, you are releasing the voice of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit will take you. The Spirit will lead you. The Spirit will pray for you. The Spirit will do all things. Um, it actually, in, in Romans eight twenty seven, it actually says that praying in the Holy Ghost is praying the perfect will of God. So he's, he's taking all your thought and inability out of the equation and he positions you to trust the Holy Spirit to ascend, to cause you to ascend in your prayer life, to cause you to have encounters in your prayer life, visitations by angels in the supernatural realms of heaven all happening in your prayer life. That's what a normal prayer life should be. Right. And, and, you know, I want to just emphasize another key point. Right. Uh, Isaiah 28, verse nine, he says, um, to whom will he teach knowledge? The word knowledge there is the word uh, Yara. Um, and it literally means to to in to have imparted supernatural heavenly encounters. It's actually the teacher is the Holy Spirit who reveals heaven, imparts things to you that you couldn't learn as a natural person, like you're sitting in a classroom in a, in a, in a high school or a college campus, just listening to a guy talk and taking notes. That's not what being taught is. Being taught by the Spirit is first off learning to pray in the, in, in the Holy Ghost and then letting the Holy Ghost take you in visions, in dreams, in encounters, uh, and, and you are literally taught, you are imparted heaven. That's what, that's what spiritual teaching or the word yara uh, literally means. It, it's, it's actually, um, it's spiritual. It's, it's a spirit to spirit connection. 
It, it, it's, it's the same word used in, in Genesis when it says that Adam knew his wife for the first time. He's talking about sexual intercourse with his wife. And, and the, the same word is used here when you are spiritually connected with the Holy Spirit and the, and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are literally teaching you by imparting things to you that you didn't have before. You literally are receiving spiritual impartations, okay? And that's what the supernatural life is about, okay? Um, I spend more time in prayer than I do in Scripture. And I, I say that only because I've learned to seek the Lord. And when the Lord, I have an encounter, the Lord then takes me to Scripture to support and, and further reveal and, and, and uh, you know, just identify what He's trying to show me in the spirit world, he uses scripture to support this huge realm of heaven, right? So if, if you look at the Bible as the only source of the word of the Lord, then you're missing it, man, because the Bible, the Bible is, is, is a reference tool, okay? The, the true word of God is a person. It's Jesus Christ. He's in the heavenly realm, and he has so much more to say to you than just what is in that little love letter called the Bible. Okay, I believe the Bible is 100% true, all of it. But if you look at the Bible in the wrong context, which many of our denominations have, have trained people to worship the Bible as God, and that's not, that's not true. The Bible is a reference point to the living word which is in heaven. The Bible is a love letter um, that is supposed to get you to open your heart to embrace the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit literally in, uh, is is the is the doorway between you and heaven. And heaven is no longer separated from you, right? That's what that's what the Book of Hebrews is about is that Jesus broke down the middle wall of separation. He was he was the uh, the wall breaker. He was the separation breaker. He was he accomplished what um, separated man from God. And Jesus sent the Holy Spirit so that you could that you could literally dwell in the secret place of the Most High all the days of your life. Right? David said um, in Psalm twenty seven, the one thing I desire above all things is to dwell in the presence, the house of the Lord. And there is nothing right now separating you from dwelling continuously in prayer other than the own limitations of your soul, your weariness, you don't want to, uh, all your excuses, all your whining, all, your, all the junk, because I'm, I'm, I'm telling you and I'm testifying to you that if you pray in the Holy Spirit, you will have encounters. It's not if, it's you will have encounters. That is the Lord's promise. He will not keep himself from you. In fact, he says, if you pray in the Holy Spirit, he can't keep himself from you. All right? He has to respond to you. And so from this supernatural prayer life, Jesus is revealing, I will give you the keys. Whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. And the idea is why, you know, you got to ask the question, why don't you see a whole lot of supernatural things in the American church? You know why? Because in order to loose heaven on earth, you have to have encounters with heaven. 
You have to have encounters with angels. You have to have encounters with the living God. You just can't like read a scripture and say, okay, Luke 10, 19, behold, all authority is given to me, right? I shall trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the supernatural power of the enemy. Okay, that's a principle. But you cannot simply live in a principle Okay, you can have you can have a basic understanding that, okay, Jesus gave me authority. But understanding of the scripture does is not what drives out the darkness. It's actually the presence of the Lord that you carry because you've encountered the living God and the living God is literally in you and you get to impart what you encounter. You see, the reality is this, you can't impart what you've never encountered. You see, if you truly encountered Pentecost, you can impart Pentecost. People say, people ask me, well, how is it that you learn to stand in front of, you know, a thousand or two thousand plus people in India who didn't, who don't know Jesus and suddenly the crowds begin to pray in tongues Hindus, they were praying in statues in the morning and now suddenly they start praying in tongues. And I say, well, I encountered the God of Pentecost. I encountered the one who sent the wind. I encountered the one who made them so intoxicated on the day of Pentecost that the world, the church, right? The the Jews, the church thought they were drunk. And Peter had to stand up and say, we're not drunk as you suppose, right? We're intoxicated by the living God. We have encountered heaven. We've encountered the living God, right? He says, this is what um, was prophesied in the days of old, that you would dream dreams and have visions, right? And, 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 And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit would be evident because it couldn't be explained. And the fallacy of the church today, the powerless church, has 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 dumbed down Christianity to something that's explainable. And I've seen this even in even in spirit-filled churches. Um, when anything supernatural breaks out, they have to stop and explain to the people scripturally. And the reality is explaining to the people um, the supernatural um, as a means of, of uh, trying to temper their inability to understand is never going to change a person's heart. What changes a person is the power of the Holy Ghost and the, uh, the ultimate outpouring that a person who came in broken, um, uh, demonized, uh, depressed, is now laughing. And the explanation is in the encounter, okay? The, when the explanation is in the encounter, there's no need like for somebody to prove to you with 10 scriptures that what was encountered is real because when 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 holy laughter comes upon a person and all their demons right all the depression leaves a person you don't have to you don't have to like spend hours trying to coach people through you know 10 20 plus scriptures to prove to somebody because God himself encountered them and proved to them that he's real and he's the deliverer and he's the healer and he's the one who does the supernatural and that he has a plan for people's lives. Are you getting the picture, church? You see, loosing is about you carrying the supernatural. And you can never loose on earth as it is in heaven 
if you don't have encounters with the Holy Spirit. You see, you can't just read scripture and begin loosing the kingdom. If you could do that, the Pharisees, would, they'd have been the professionals. But Jesus, Jesus, um, Jesus came and, and called them a bunch of hogs, dogs, snakes, serpents, vipers, right? Because they were scripture bound and not heavenly bound. Are you getting a picture, church? You never want to be scripture bound. If, in fact, if you've been trained uh, to literally worship the word, to worship scripture, you better lay on your face and cry out for an encounter. Because only the encounter, only the yara, right? Only the, the, the teacher, the Christ himself who comes and lays his hand on you and suddenly you're vibrating, suddenly you're weeping, suddenly demons that were tormenting you are leaving your body. The encounter is what equips you to loose heaven on earth. You can only loose what you encounter. And the Pharisees were mad as smoke, baby. They were so mad and furious at Jesus because Jesus came and, exp- and exposed them. They were fake. They were so fake because all they did was, okay, let's dream up five more rules for the people to follow. Well, next week, let's dream up two more rules, right? Don't pick up your mat on, on Sunday, right? I mean, you can go through all the list of all the rules that the Pharisees had, including the law of Moses, and it was powerless to deliver people. Paul himself said, he said, if the law could have delivered the people, there would have been no need for the living God. What, what does Jesus on earth represent? It represents the word who, who, is, who is the Christ in heaven. The word came in the form of a man, right? So, so, so the encounter with Jesus and why so many miracles happened was because the word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? John chapter one, the word became flesh and the world encountered God. They just didn't read about him. They just didn't try to live their life according to scripture, right? The word came to life and released heaven on earth and the supernatural was poured out. And that's what you as a wisdom-filled warrior are supposed to be. You are supposed to be the one who has spent their life, spent their morning, spent their evening, spent their night in prayer. And because you encountered God, because you got a dream for a person, because you got a vision for a person, because the Lord took you to heaven and showed you a room with, with, um, with uh, restorative um, it, pieces of the body, you can go in and pray for people in a hospital. And instead of them wheeling them out in a wheelchair, they walk out. Are you getting the picture? Jesus was the word come to life. Uh, the, The word encountering the earth. Okay. Not just words on paper. And that's, that's what Yara is. That's, that's what, uh, the teacher comes and imparts things. That's what it is. Okay. And so, you know, when my kids were little, I used, to, I used to purposely take them into churches, churches that I knew had the Holy Spirit and churches I knew were full of dead man's bones and vipers. And I'd walk them in and I'd say, what do you feel? What, does your, what is your heart? What is the Holy Spirit telling you? And, and my kids, they all had different reactions, but what, what they learned over time was um, not only physical evidence, do you see, do you see uh, demons cast out? Do you see 
um, people praying in the spirit? Do you see people weeping at the altar? Do you see the presence of God being the centerpiece of the church? Not only did they see the, those, what I would call physical manifestations, but they also were trained with their heart, with the Holy Spirit. Is the presence of God here or not? Okay? Is the presence of God here or not? And you say, you might say, well, why, are you, why, why would you do that? You know why? Because there's a whole lot of fake junk in there. And I have spent years doing deliverance ministry on more on people from dead churches than I have from just pure demonized people in the world. And the people to heal, the hardest people to heal are people who experience flat out brokenness in a religious system. You know why? Because it sucks the living life out of you. Okay. And I would never want my children, um, I would never want my children to experience what, it, what it's like to be in a dead place, yet think because they are, are reading and worshiping scripture that somehow they know Jesus. It's the presence of God, guys. It's the presence of the Lord. Can you discern? Do you set your heart? Do you set your mind on the presence of the Lord? Can you discern is the presence of the Lord here? If he's not here, you better run unless the Lord sent you to carry his presence in there. Okay, you got it? You see, loosing heaven on earth, on earth requires encounters. You can't, you know, I've, I've heard people teach discernment by comparing things to scripture. That is not discernment, guys. That is not discernment because, you know why? Because it says that Satan comes uh, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, whom he may, me, whom he may deceive. He actually used scripture to twist and try to pervert Jesus in the desert. Okay? True discernment is a spiritual judgment. Is the presence of God here or isn't he? Okay? And so, loosing heaven on earth, you, you have to have a sensitivity to the presence. And the only way that sensitivity is developed is through a prayer life, through a heart that yearns for the presence of God. And therefore, when you go places, you can say, oh, this feels weird. This feels evil. This feels like the presence of darkness is here. This feels like depression's here. This feels like oppression and sickness is here. And then you, because you carry the presence of heaven, you loose it on earth. Amen? You get in the picture? You see, so what really happens in the encounter? You see, the, the, when, when you have an encounter, you are actually given, you're actually imparted abilities, spiritual, tangible spiritual abilities that you did not have, okay? And you've got to learn to seek tangible spiritual impartation, above anything else because Jesus sent his spirit okay he didn't send a bible and I'm not saying I'm not relegating the bible as a secondary thing I am saying that I'm actually trying to elevate for you the importance of the spirit of God Jesus sent the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost to make his church intoxicated 
It says they prayed in tongues and they were so intoxicated, they poured out into the street with holy laughter and the world couldn't stop them. They couldn't explain them, okay? If the church would actually stop trying to figure out and explain so that they don't like, they're, the, 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 the charismatic church today is actually more concerned about going off the rails than they are about encountering the living God. And if the church would gather and just literally have these supernatural blowouts where you are seeking the presence of the Lord and bodies are laying on the floor because they can't stand up because of the presence of the Lord, guess what? The teacher has shown up in the room and taught more than you could ever teach by spending hours, days, and weeks, and months, and even years explaining to people scripture. Jesus is the physician. The Holy Ghost is, 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 the, is the master teacher. And he literally, I, you know, I can't explain how it happens, but it's like he takes his hand and he rearranges your, your spiritual DNA and he imparts his DNA in your broken places and somehow you receive a spiritual impartation that is unexplainable. Okay, and that's that that the church keeps trying to well you have to be able to explain it so you don't you don't go down the wrong path. And man, I don't know. I mean, I just there miracles don't happen in explanation. Miracles happen in faith. Casting out demons happen in faith. Encounters happen in faith. Intoxication and the outpouring of the wind of the spirit on the day of Pentecost happen in faith. They don't happen in, in, in like tons of spiritual explanation. They happen in a heart that is so bent on seeking the presence of the Lord that he, he intoxicates you. He literally releases the presence of heaven on earth. That's, that's what intoxication is. That's what joy is. In, in, um, Romans 14, 17, it says, the kingdom of God is not eat or drink, meaning it's not earthly, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, meaning it's supernatural, okay? Righteousness is not the, the concept of not sinning. That may be a shock to you, but because you stop sinning doesn't make you righteous, and I'm sure there's people listening to this that you're in shock when you when you hear something like that. You actually probably there's people that think I'm crazy because I say that just because you stop sinning doesn't make you righteous. Well, okay, we'll prove it. All right, I'll give you I'll, I'll give you a scripture. Okay, Paul spends uh, Romans chapter three and Romans chapter four trying to explain that righteousness is not about the absence of sin. Righteousness is about the presence of the Lord and Abraham in Abraham in, in Romans chapter four um, at the beginning of the chapter um, Paul explains that Abraham believed the encounter he believed God right he when God showed up to Abraham it says that the Lord literally um, he walked as fire he walked as a burning torch through the sacrifice that, that Abraham had laid out for him. And the dream given to Abraham was that your, 
that your future generations will be so grand. They will be as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, seashore, right? It was a prophecy. It It was Abraham. I am with you. The presence of God is now with you. And the torch that I walk through this this, uh, sacrifice with, it is your fire. It is what you carry. It is, I'm with you. You, I am the fire that is upon you, Abraham. And And Paul explains in Romans 4, he says, it says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Okay? So righteousness, righteousness is not simply the, the la- or the absence of sin, meaning you don't sin or you, you, you got delivered out of, out of uh, pornography and therefore you don't sin by following pornography anymore, okay? That's cool, but what makes you righteous is the encounter. What makes you righteous is because you know God and what you believe in the visions and dreams and, and what he talks to you about, righteousness comes in obedience to the voice, okay? And so you can get lost reading scripture and trying to achieve it. That's called religion. That's powerless. And many denominations are built on powerless following of scripture. But when you chase the presence of the Lord and trust and believe in the vision and the dream, okay? Just as Abraham, it was accounted to him as righteousness. Righteousness is imparted, meaning that the ability for Abraham to reproduce, right? His next generation with Isaac and then, and then Jacob, right? Who became Israel and a nation. A nation was birthed because Abraham believed. Are you getting the picture, guys? A nation was birthed because Abraham believed in the vision. He chased the encounter. He followed the encounter. He held on to the encounter. And because he held on to it, he, he multiplied. He could birth it. He could um, release it on earth. Are you, are you getting the picture? He, he became the gate of heaven. So God came to Abraham with a dream. Abraham carried the dream and he multiplied, a nation was born. And that's what, that's what we all are. That's what, that's, what, that's what the supernatural lifestyle is supposed to be. And so, you know, righteousness, righteousness, peace, and joy are powerful evidences of you encountering the kingdom, okay, in your prayer life. And so, you know, righteousness is, is really about judgment, um, in Revelation 19.10, it says that Jesus Christ is a spirit of prophecy, right? Um, and it describes Christ on a white horse, eyes burning in fire, robe dipped in blood, um, you know, supernatural hair. Uh, written on his thigh is his name, the Word of God. So the Word of God is a person on a horse, the spirit of prophecy coming out of heaven, from heaven to earth. Are you getting the picture? That's why Jesus said, I will give you the keys and whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. And so whenever you receive a dream or a vision and you prophesy it, picture Jesus on a white horse coming out of heaven to release heaven on earth. So you partner with Jesus as the spirit of prophecy by releasing heaven on earth as you get the vision of the Lord, the encounter from him, and you begin to speak it on earth. That's the keys, guys. 
And if you don't get visions and dreams and encounters, you have nothing to lose. Okay? Binding and loosing are two distinctly different things. And I'm emphasizing loosing because the only way you loose heaven on earth is by encountering the Spirit of God supernaturally. Okay? And the gift of tongues, we'll talk about that here in a minute, but the gift of tongues is the, is the simplified approach to seeking the presence and the voice of God to come so that you receive the Lord's judgment, okay? The Lord's judgment is his righteousness. Just as Abraham believed God, what, what was Abraham believing when it says, um, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness? Abraham was in a dead, dying world. And the judgment of God came out of heaven and said, no, Abraham, I will make you as the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore. So the judgment is interwoven inside of righteousness. And what made Abraham righteous? He believed the voice. He believed the vision and the dream of God. And that is what multiplied on the earth. Are you getting the picture, guys? So all you have to do is chase God in your prayer life. And when he gives you vision, he's actually giving you his judgment. It's the same picture of Genesis chapter one, the light shone into the darkness. It means meaning the light judged what the darkness had formed. The darkness had formed absolute um, hopelessness, despair, depression, right? Those are, the, those are the natures of Satan, right? And when the Lord spoke into the darkness, he was judging the darkness. And it says that the darkness could not stop the light. So the judgment of God is contained in the vision. And righteousness is a functioning of believing the vision, believing the encounter, so if you don't have the encounter, if you don't have the presence, if you don't have it, righteousness evades you, okay? Righteousness, righteousness is, is, is a, it literally is a, like a spiritual DNA change in you. It, it, and it comes when, you, when your heart obeys him and you become one with the vision, and so not only does he bring deliverance and healing and his judgment for your life, right? He says that you're not a sinner. He says that, that you are not broken, that you, you, uh, have a, uh, he has a plan for your life, right? He has a destiny for you. And the, all of those things that the world says, no, you're broke, you're, 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 you're a sinner, you're going to die, you're going to hell. Um, and, and the Lord says, no, I'm, I'm encountering my people I'm judging your darkness, okay? That's what prophecy is, guys. That pro- prophecy is uh, you so believe in what he is showing you in vision. Uh, and if it's for your life, you wrap your heart around it. And if it's for the people around you, um, you know, the, the people are changed by the prophecy that comes out of your mouth, Okay? And so peace and joy are, are evidences of his presence, okay? Uh, peace peace is, a, is an evidence. It is a supernatural force. When Jesus was on the boat with the disciples and they woke him up, he stands up in peace and he speaks to that storm. 
Uh, be still, right? The, the, it means the word, I muzzle you. Be still. I muzzle you demonic powers. I muzzle you. And so Jesus used peace, he, he, meaning he used the presence of the Lord to change the atmosphere. Okay, one man with a transformed heart carrying the peace of God walks into a room, walks off of the, the bow of the boat speaks to the storm and literally changes it. It stops. The demonic rage has no answer for a person who releases peace. Okay? And, you know, joy joy is actually like the next, what I would call the next level of peace. Joy is intoxication. Joy is absolute, it's literal joy. It's, it's literally carrying the presence of God to such a degree that you're intoxicated. And on the day of Pentecost, joy, it's like the fullness of heaven was poured out upon the people and the the church, the surrounding city thought that those who received the Holy Spirit thought they were intoxicated, okay? So, So loosing on earth is not just about the prophetic. It's about realizing that the prophetic, the vision of God carries peace and it carries joy. And so as you set your heart, not on earthly things, right? Not on food and drink, but on righteousness, peace and joy in the presence of the Lord. He, he, the more he changes your DNA to dwell in the spirit world, the more power, the more presence of heaven you get to loose on earth. You become the gate. And when you, when, when you are intoxicated in your prayer life by the presence of the Lord, and, I, and I'm literally talking about the Lord showing up. I mean, I had the Lord show up to me one day and he said, he interrupted me. I was, I was uh, repeating, um, I, I, I was making declarations and they were scriptural. They were, I mean, I had, I had these page after page of, of, of Bible verses that I was declaring over me and my family. And the Lord, the Lord came into my prayer life and he, and, and he said, he, it was like he was, he was like yelling. He said, David, he was getting my attention. He goes, David. And I mean, I felt it and I stopped. And he says, can we just laugh today? I said, what, what do you mean? And he says, can we just laugh today? And I, pa- I literally stopped like, I, I made my heart able because I shut my mouth and took my, my mind off of Scripture. And, I, and, and, and when he spoke that, I put my mind on the Spirit. And it's like the next thing I know, I start to giggle. Then I, then I start to be overwhelmed to the point where I'm laughing. And the next thing I know, I'm on the floor in hysterical laughter um, with the father laughing with me. And it was, it was such an eye-opening experience that I, it was like, oh my gosh, this isn't about the routines and, and hammering out scripture, hammering out um, declarations. And don't get me wrong, there's a time and a place for declarations. But, what I'm emphasizing to, today 
is the presence of the Lord and his intent to laugh with his sons and daughters. Because laughter with sons and daughters is the ultimate. Joy is the ultimate evidence of the Lord in your life. Right? I mean, I know a lot of Christians that are, who, who are depressed. Uh, they're miserable. They're oppressed. And even, even, even so-called spirit-filled Christians. Um, and and the, Lord, the Lord wants um, his, his, uh, the people that, uh, you know, that know him to be so intoxicated with him, literally intoxicated. There is an intoxication. I'll, I'll talk about intoxication here in a minute, but so overwhelmed with laughter that the people around you think that you're drunk. Has anybody ever accused you of being, being drunk when you're actually so overcome by the presence of the Lord? If not, maybe you should write that down as a goal. That'd be a good one for you. That you get so intoxicated in the presence of the Lord that uh, your, the holy laughter that is upon you would cause people not only to ask questions, but to feel the presence of the Lord, that they would be intoxicated. Amen. And so, like I said, I talk a lot about prophecy and I've taught you a lot about how the vision carries the power and, and, the, and the one on the white horse, the spirit of prophecy comes out of heaven to judge the darkness when you prophesy. But not only is it the vision, but it is the presence, the, the peace and the joy, right? The peace and the joy is the evidence of God on you, on the words that you are speaking, and, and again, so it's your prayer life, okay? Your prayer life is where you get intoxicated. Your prayer life um, is where it's not just about learning a gift. Your prayer life is about you carrying Christ. You carry Christ on that white horse out of heaven. You actually open the door for him because you have a prayer life. You, because you have a prayer life, you allow him out of heaven, Okay, there's rules and there are laws in the spirit world. Um, and Christ, the way Christ comes out of heaven is by you being a gate. You encounter God and allow yourself to be the gate of heaven on earth. And so you, you literally embrace the fact that Jesus said, I will give you the keys and the gates of hell will not prevail. Whatever you bind on earth, has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. And so having already been loosed in heaven is a key term. So if you encounter it in your prayer life or you're standing in front of somebody and you get a vision for somebody and you speak the vision because the Lord has given you a vision, he's already, um, he's already loosed it. He, and, and because you are partnering with him, you're actually, you're actually receiving what he has loosed. And because you receive what he has loosed, you get to loose it. You get to release it on earth. Okay? That is, that is what prophecy and impartation and praying for the sick, that's what it is. You're, you are partnering to loose heaven on earth. Amen? And so um, I'm just going to tell you a few stories here of, you know, when, when I got completely intoxicated when I, when I got so um like just in love with the presence of the lord um you know crazy supernatural things happen and it wasn't like I tried to do it I just discovered that as a result of my prayer life 
the presence of the Lord would come and invade rooms. The presence of the Lord is what opened doors for me to go into churches, to go prophesy in in, uh, CEO and vice president's offices, to go into India or stand in front of crusades. It was a prayer life, okay? And so, you know, this is way back. This is probably, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. Um, I was in this church um, and uh, right after praise and worship, um, the Lord gave me this vision. And it was for the pastor, the head guy of the church. Um, and, the, and the vision was this. Um, and I spoke his name. I said, I said, I see you, pastor, in your office. You've been, you, you've been in your office in a big debate with the Lord himself. And he's been trying to take an old oil off of you so that he can make room for the new oil that he wants to put on you. And you've been resisting the transformation. You've been resisting um, the new thing. And man, he, he, was, he, he looked like a deer in the headlights. I'll never forget it. He was standing, he was standing in the sound booth waiting uh, for worship and the announcements to be over. Um, and he was getting ready to walk up. And as I'm speaking this, his eyes are wide, right? Um, and man, the spirit of God fell on me. And I, I said, the Lord is cornering you and he's taking that old oil off of you and he's putting a new one on you. And it's going to not only going to intoxicate you, but it's going to intoxicate your church. And I ran back to the back of the church. I laid my hand on this pastor and he fell to the ground. He starts laughing. Um, and he's, he begins to hysterically laugh, um, he took the mic, he comes up in front of the church and he's laughing, guys. I mean, he, he's like, he can hardly get words out and he's crying, he's laughing and crying at the same time. And he says, how did you know? He looked at me and he says, how did you know? He says, I literally spent all afternoon in my office and I know the Lord's been wanting me to do a certain thing and I've resisted him. And he stood in front of his church and he repented. And when he repented, He broke out in laughter. And not only did he break out in laughter, 500 people in this sanctuary start start to laugh. And I don't know, you may or may not have ever seen it or you may or may not even believe in holy laughter. But I'm here to tell you, the laughter that broke out that day was so supernatural. People were laughing. They were falling out of their seats They couldn't stand up. There were bodies on the floor. Um, And he hands me the mic, okay? And I just, I don't even know what I said. I just started to talk about the presence of God. And, you know, I ended up, I ended up leading the the ministry that night um, in front of this church as a result of seeing the vision of how the Lord wanted to uh, transition this pastor and take this old oil, old oil off of him and put a new one on. And he confirmed it by a supernatural intoxication, um, not only on him, but on his people so that the whole body would embrace this new thing that the Lord was doing on this, on this church. Okay. Um, and this laughter continued for hours. And I mean, the pastor rolled um, back and forth 
on the floor in front in the in the you know right at the altar of this church for hours and the presence it was it felt like hot butter the presence of god was so profound it felt like hot butter uh running over your your head you know over your hands your arms i mean it was just it was absolutely amazing and you may say well that was you know that's all right that's a one off thing but I've I have I've walked into churches, I've walked into places, and I've seen this happen countless times. I walked into this church um, near Columbus, actually near Zanesville, um, and I had this vision about uh, the Lord uh, repositioning this church at His golden altar. And of course, the golden altar um, is at the veil um, that enters into the holy place where you meet the Lord face to face. And as I was prophesying this vision. Um, the people, uh, the people literally, again, I, I got to a point where I couldn't speak. I was laughing so hard that I couldn't speak. Um, and the people is sitting in, in, in the church again, they start to hysterically laugh and this presence of God shows up so profoundly that people laugh for hours. They were intoxicated. Okay. Righteousness released peace and joy. And the, 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 the pro, when you prophesy, right? And I'm just telling you, this doesn't happen all the time and I can't explain why. But when, when the Lord decides he's showing up with um, an intoxicating presence of peace and joy, it, it, it is like spiritual surgery, okay? Um, I, had a, I had another situation uh, when I was in India um, I think it was like the second time, the second mission I was in India. Um, I was in the very southern tip of India and we were in, in this room and man, I can't explain it. I felt the presence of God come in the room in a different way. I got up, I started to speak and the whole room, the, 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 it, was a, it was a group of young people. Um, they start laughing, crying in the presence of God. They can't stand up. Demons start, uh, you know, coming out of kids. Uh, this one kid had an encounter in heaven. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we actually had this kid uh, speak at the, at the crusade that night. Um, and the whole crowd comes forward to get baptized in the Holy Ghost because of holy laughter breaking out in a room. But um, the funny part about holy laughter breaking out in this room is, you know, the Indian culture is, uh, they're staunchly against emotion in the church. And the guy, the, the interpreter literally tried to wrestle the mic out of my hand. <laughs> and um, luckily for, for me, I don't, you know, I don't know if this was like a David moment, but um, I, I was able to keep this guy off. He was smaller than me. I literally, he was so um, religious, he tried to get the mic out of my hand. Okay, um, and I kept I kept laughing into the mic, and the kids laughed for hours. And um, eventually, uh, the Indian leadership they started to laugh too. They started to have deliverance. And man, I have so many stories like this. I mean, going on mission trips in 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 India, you know, understanding their culture and how you know staunchly religious some of these uh, groups are. And how the Lord literally uses laughter to break a man. And that's literally what it's about, guys. Um, when you humble yourself before the Lord and you let him invade your heart um, and you realize how powerful he is. When holy laughter comes upon you, it is such a powerful force 
it changes you 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 don't feel any depression it's like it's like it's like um oppression depression the limitations of the world everything leaves because the lord's presence come, becomes so powerful upon you um and laughter is the outcrop of that it's real it literally it is real and you can't explain it but you can discern it because you know that no longer do you feel oppression and resistance you actually feel um just this absolute freedom just total freedom um as this hot oil this hot presence of the lord is washing down over you um and so when you realize that you know holy laughter and and you know peace and joy is the outcrop of prophecy uh the outcrop of righteousness that that produces you know righteousness produces the presence of the lord and so as you are embracing the vision of god um the depths of the spirit will be unveiled to you the supernatural will be unveiled to you and the more encounters you have in your prayer life that result in holy laughter that result in um you know the lord changing your spiritual dna the more you will carry the presence of the lord the more you value it okay i guess that's really the essence of what i'm trying to get you to is valuing it um and and when you when you put a high value on chasing down righteousness or chasing down what the lord is saying because that's what righteousness is you know what he's saying and you align your heart to believe him as you align with him and peace and joy are manifest as a result of it um it it's like you learn what the way of the spirit is and man i can tell you so many stories you know i've been doing this since 2005 literally chasing the lord in my prayer life when i got baptized in the holy ghost and just radically chasing him and i can tell you so many stories but I'll tell you a couple um that have that have reset me. Several that have literally reset me to grow deeper in intoxication, deeper in the peace and joy that is a result of encountering the voice of God and how righteousness uh is made manifest in your life. Okay? And so I'll just I'll tell you some of these stories because I want to emphasize them to you of how profound and important your prayer life is and how the Lord actually teaches you um to move closer to him in righteousness, peace and joy, okay? And so I had this I had this dream, I think I may have I may have told this one before, but I had this dream where the my my doorbell rang at the front of my house and um I opened the door and there's an angel um standing out in my front yard and my front yard is nothing but thorn bushes. and um the presence of heaven changes the thorn bushes into into a vineyard and the angels uh begin uh removing the grapes from the vine and uh you know making wine they begin trampling uh on on the on the grapes and they begin collecting the grape juice to make wine um and i hear this i hear this noise in the back of my house so i walk around the back of my house and there's nothing but like all i can describe it as is weeds um and and suddenly there's an angel in the midst of the weeds and the weeds are are transformed into an olive grove and so there's olive there's olive trees and again the angels appear they take the uh they take the uh olives off of the tree 
and they begin to crush them to make to make olive oil and, and collecting the olive oil. And man, I could just I can feel the presence of the Lord, guys. I mean, um, this this dream is just man, it is so real. But anyway, as I'm as I'm standing now in the presence of the olive uh, grove, I I hear this noise of holy laughter. I I hear something. Um, around uh, the drive, uh, you know, to the side of my house where the driveway is, um, where I hear something, somebody laughing. And when I walk around and I look in my garage, there's a, there's a big black horse. And, you know, for those of you who've been following me, um, you know, I've told, I've told a lot of visions of how the Lord um, has mounted me on this black horse on different occasions and and what it means and, and, and all this stuff. But Anyway, I walk into the garage and this, there's a uh, trough um, that this horse is drinking out of. And the trough is filled with, with wine. And this, this horse is drinking so much of this wine that it's, it's intoxicated. It is, it's, and, and the horse is laughing like a human would laugh. Um, and, you know, Jesus appears and... Um, you know, the angels bring over this, they bring over a barrel of oil and a barrel of wine. And uh, they, they put this leather strap on either side of the top of the barrels. And they basically lay the leather strap over the shoulder of the horse. And so on the front shoulder on the right is wine. On the front shoulder on the left is oil. Um, and when, I, when Jesus mounts me on this horse, I begin to laugh so hysterically that I literally woke myself up out of, out of sleep. I'm laughing and I can feel the presence of the Lord on me. And, you know, this, the scripture, I've used this with, with you guys a lot, but in, in Revelation chapter six, you know, a lot of people look at the four horsemen as bringing death and destruction to the world when actually, you know, that, that is true in one sense, but those four horsemen are also a metaphor for the awakened ones who will bring death to a dead religious system. Okay. When, so when you read it, you're, you're actually looking at the book of revelation from, from the perspective of Jesus bringing death to the false church so that he can reveal the real church. And so like, when you look at the black horse, the black horse, it says um, that the black horse carries uh, the rider of the black horse carries um, a balance which, which is a scale of justice, okay? You're bringing justice to the church to kill the dead thing. Um, and, then, and then the end of the description of the black horse, it says that do not hold back the oil and the wine. Why, why does the Lord say that? He says that because the outpour of the Holy Spirit is unlimited. It's unbridled. It's actually the only thing that can save the earth. And so the Lord keeps emphasizing to me, I'm sending you to pour out my spirit. I'm sending you to pour out my spirit. And man, I've had, I've had pastors, I've had people, can you tame it down a little bit? Can you, can you, can you not be so like over the edge? And I'm like, what do you mean, man? I mean, if you've encountered God, how can you not? How could you not be like inundated with the presence of the Lord and wanting everybody around you to experience the same intoxication. Maybe we need to get you intoxicated, pastor. (laughs) 
you guys get the you guys get the picture, right? Um, that but that's my heart. The Lord has assigned me to not hold back the oil and the wine, but to send me. Okay, um, and and so Jesus smacks the backside of this horse. And this horse just takes off running outside of my house. And, you know, ever since I've had that encounter is when the whole wisdom filled warrior thing started. And over this last probably 18 months, I keep having these dreams and visions, these encounters with the Lord where he puts me on a on a black horse. And um, I'll I'll, I'll tell you one more. Okay, so um, and this just happened probably two months ago. Um, I was. I'm, I'm laying in the middle of a desert um, with a sniper rifle. And on the other side of the river um, are all the enemies of God. I see Jezebel. Um, I see giants. I see all these different demonic creatures. And I see these people that they have uh, enslaved. I see the chains on the people. And I'm sitting there with a, with a sniper rifle. And I'm thinking, my God, I... I need bigger weapons. I need bigger guns. I need something. I mean, I'm, you know, okay, so I'm in the fight. But, I mean, there's missiles flying over my head. There's bombs going off all around me. And I'm like, God, where are you? And all of a sudden, I hear this crickety, you know, like when a wheel um, in a, a, like a supermarket uh, grocery uh, buggy, uh, the wheels don't work. And you hear this, I hear this coming and all of a sudden I look over my right shoulder and I see what appears to be an old, like an old angel. That's all I can describe it as. And he's pushing this old rickety cart with, you know, some crooked arrows, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm army crawling over to this angel and I get to him um, because there's still, there's still missiles and things flying over my head, guys. And I'm looking at this angel and I'm thinking to myself, Lord, is that all you could send me? <laughs> is, is an angel that looks like he needs to retire and a bunch of crooked old weapons that I can't even use. Literally, the, the arrows were so crooked that they would not fit in a bow. Um, I mean, and everything on the cart was either broken, cracked, you know, and, and um, all of a sudden I'm looking I'm looking at this angel in the eyes, what, what I thought was an angel. Um, and he, 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 as he's looking at me, he reaches his uh, index finger and his thumb and he puts, uh, he puts each of them in my eyes. And so he's dig, he begins to dig in both of my eyes at the same time. And all of a sudden I can feel him pulling on something and he begins pulling what appear to be scales off my eyes. And when he pulls the scales off my eyes, I can see it's not an old rickety angel that's about uh, to hit retirement. He looks, dude, it is, it is Christ. It is the Revelation 19 Christ with waving uh, white hair, eyes of fire. Um, and he looks at me and he says, I am the ancient of days. And I, I have given you the power to judge your enemies. And and. Uh, it, he he just spends all this time talking to me in depth about judgment, and of course, if if you read if you read in the book of Daniel, you know the the Ancient of Days is referenced. I encourage you go read the book of Daniel, where it talks about the Ancient of Days um, renders judgment 
back to the saints and no longer are they victims of Satan, the, the little horn as described in the book of Daniel. But the saints are the ones who render judgment. And man, I, I mean, when he, he visited me, let's just get to straight guys. He visited me in a particular moment of time to remove a false perception Okay, he removed a false perception and he was reinvigorating me to a new level of judgment, a new level of the prophetic in the war, the battle that I'm currently in. Okay, we're all in a current battle. There's nobody that wins a battle and then you go off to just sit in the beach the rest of your life. Okay, that Christian life doesn't exist. If, if that exists for you, give me a call. I want to know about it. Okay. But you always are entering into a new, a new fight, a new, and you find different ways to rest in that fight, but you are still in a fight, okay? And so I had been crying out for the Lord. I had been, I'd been fasting again um, throughout the, you know, the summer months, um, and, and the Lord shows up in this dream, okay? And so as he's, as he's taking these scales off my eyes, and I can see that it, this is the Ancient of Days, the, the one who was before the Word of God, the one before, right? Before the foundations of the earth and the one who came as the Word come to life and the Revelation 19 Christ who is the one in, in, the, in, in the end, right? He's the one in heaven, the ultimate go-to place, right? So he's in three places. He's before the foundations of the earth. He's Christ the Word, right? Come, come in the flesh. And he's the Revelation 19 resurrected Christ. He is all three. Okay. So he appears, he rips these scales off my eyes to remind me <laughs> that no matter how big the battle appears, that the purpose is still real, right? And that, um, so as he's talking to me about judgment, uh, right? He's encouraging me to continue to prophesy. He's encouraging me to continue in righteousness, peace, and joy, and to release the kingdom, to loose on earth in the battle, despite what appears to be going on in front of me with all of my enemies, okay? And as, as he's speaking to me and encouraging me about, he gives judgment back to the saints, and the, and the little horn, the Satan himself, is no longer the one um, uh, you know, winning, but it is the saints in righteous judgment over the enemies of God. Okay, and and so he whistles up this. He he whistles up uh, this angel brings two horses. He brings his white horse and he brings my black horse. And when he brings my black horse, guess what's on it? That barrel of oil and that barrel of wine is on it. And as I'm being mounted on this horse. The Lord puts this new, it's like this cape, like a cloth. He drapes this cloth over my shoulders and it says peace. And he goes over and, and the, uh, the leather piece that's holding the barrel of oil and the barrel of wine suddenly appears on, uh, the word joy suddenly appears on, uh, on the horse. So he, he's coming to me and encouraging me to judge in righteousness, right? To prophesy, to loose on earth, what he's been showing me in heaven and righteous. He's encouraging me that peace and joy, right? The power of the, the oil and the wine. The, the oil is the anointing. The wine is the covenant presence that intoxicates, 
Okay, it's the covenant presence that intoxicates. And, and, and in your darkest hours, when the Lord shows up with you and it's, there's nobody else around, me and the Lord, we weren't running on these horses. We were walking like we're bad dudes, like we are literally walking closer and closer. And as we're getting closer and closer to the river that was between um, where I was and where the enemies of God had all the, all the people enslaved and chained, it's, it's like they started to, they recognized the power and the presence of the Lord. And the giants, Jezebel, everybody just, they just, uh, they started to run. They started to turn and run. And the people were unchained and the dream ended. Okay. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm telling you this guys, because what you encounter, right? What you experience, what the Lord uh, reveals in your life, you get to release on earth. Okay, so I'm prophesying to you guys, right? I'm prophesying um, to you now that the water, guys, is being turned into wine. That all the the powerlessness in your life, um, the power of the first miracle is being released into your life. That no longer is it um, water that does not intoxicate, but you're surrounded and drinking wine that intoxicates you're in count you're 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 intoxicated with the presence of the lord lord for every person who's experiencing oppression and depression and powerlessness and the heavy evil presence of darkness lord i break that i bind it in the name of jesus and i loose upon the people the wine i loose upon the people the intoxication of the Holy Ghost and the presence of Almighty God. I say to you, the scales on your eyes are being removed right now in the name of Jesus. The chains are coming off. The limitations are coming off. Your religious, um, the, the religious chains that bind you to a theology and a system of powerlessness that is actually making you a victim of the demonic because you've never learned to embrace the presence in the intoxication of the Lord and what true Pentecost is, I break those chains off of you now in Jesus' name and I loose upon you the power of the Holy Ghost. I loose upon you the intoxication of the Holy Spirit. I loose upon you the supernatural power of God himself. I loose upon you uh, the visitation. Lord, I pray in every way, Lord, that the enemy has hindered the people listening from experiencing encounters in dreams and visions of visitations of being taken to heaven. Lord, I break those lies off the people. I break every limitation off the people. And I say, be drunk in the Holy Ghost, just as, just as the scripture says, do not be drunk with wine, but be drunk, be drunk, be drunk, be intoxicated in the Holy Ghost. I release that upon you now that you'll not be earthbound, but you'll be heavenbound. And because you're heavenbound, you are in the encounter of the Lord. The promise that the Lord will encounter you is yours, that you will have dreams, that you will increase in visions, that you will have experiences that are supernatural and that you will loose heaven on earth in every way that religion and powerlessness 
um, and demonic blindness has kept every person hearing from having dreams and visions and prophesying the supernatural, seeing the dead raised, seeing the blind see and the deaf hear, um, seeing waters uh, uh, bring forth out of the desert place. In every way that they've been limited, Lord, I loose upon them miracles. I decree miracles, signs, and wonders are upon the people right now in Jesus' name that uh, the encounter of the Lord, uh, the invasion of the Lord is upon them, and that the oil and the wine, Lord, that is not being held back by you, but is being loosed by you, Lord, I decree the oil and the wine, the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the intoxication of the Holy Ghost. Lord, the, com- the absolute communion of your presence. I release that intoxication now in Jesus' name. I say, be drunk in the Holy Ghost. Be drunk in the Holy Ghost. Be drunk in the Holy Ghost. Lord, and I pray in Jesus' name that every person would recognize the power of the gift of tongues, that they can seek you day and night with the expectation to have encounters that loose heaven on earth. Lord, let, let, the, let the revelation of praying without ceasing come upon them. Let there be a, um, an unction, a burning, Lord. Let the, bur- the spirit of burning, Lord, that causes prayer and judgment of God to come and, and know that judgment is not against you. Judgment is for you. For the Lord says, my blood has set you free. My blood has washed you clean. Um, and, and that because my blood has set you free, um, you have a rightful place in my presence, to dwell in my presence, says the Lord, to hear my voice, to dream my dream, and to see my vision. Um, In Jesus' name, Lord, I just release uh, this absolute power of Pentecost upon your people. Let the intoxication of the Holy Ghost increase, Lord. Let holy laughter, ha, Lord, let holy laughter right now, Lord, invade people's lives. Come on, church. Shiala, ha, 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 Come on, Lord, just release it. Just just release holy laughter upon your people in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, release it, Lord. Come on. (laughs) Woo! Come on. Come on. (laughs) Ah, Woo! Come on. Come on. <laughs> Woo, my goodness. Come on, I know you guys are feeling that, baby. I, I feel the Lord's presence invading this space I'm in, my office. Man, come on, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Woo, I break the resistance against God's people. <laughs> I loose the presence of God upon the people of the earth right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> oh, amen, guys. Um, I'm just—I'm probably going to sit here for the for the rest of the day and and just stay intoxicated in the presence of the Lord. I pray that uh, you do the same <laughs> and that uh, your encounters would be super. <laughs> supernatural <laughs> and that and that the presence of the lord would be your ultimate weapon 
your love <laughs> for the presence of the Lord would be your ultimate weapon. I pray in the name of Jesus, it would be that the, <laughs> that the place of holy laughter woo, would be your secret weapon. It would be your guiding weapon. It would be your dominant weapon. It would be your weapon of choice. <laughs> Lord, I release my weapon of choice for the people. I loose my weapon of choice, the laughter of God himself upon the people in Jesus' name. Come on, Lord, let it go. Come on, let it, let it come. Come on, that's it. <laughs> come on, feel Holy Ghost. Feel Holy Ghost, feel Holy Ghost. I command you to laugh. I command you to be filled in the Holy Ghost. I command you to receive the presence of the Lord. And I command every demonic power that blinds the hearts of men, I command you to go right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every demonic power working against God's people, I break it. I command it to go in Jesus' name. Because holy laughter has invaded their hearts. Come on, come on, the medicine of the Lord. Whoo, that's it. Come on, the medicine of the Lord. Come on, the peace of God is filling this place, guys. The peace, the absolute peace. Come on, fall, Holy Spirit. Fall, Holy Spirit, my goodness. I don't know if you guys feel what I'm feeling, but my goodness, the, the, the ultimate medicine, the peace of God. It's like, it's like a hot presence of absolute surrender and peace. Come on, let it just let it fill the hearts of every person, Lord, no matter where they're at. I prophesy that your day is gonna be filled with peace and joy, that your day, that you're gonna carry the presence of the Lord. You're gonna lay hands on, on people and they're gonna fall out of their chair because of the presence of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, guys. I can go on all day. And like I said, I probably will. But uh, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we'll jump back into it next week. Have an awesome week. Have a supernatural week. And expect the Lord to remove the scales from your eyes. Because you are the most dominant force on the earth. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.